Courtside Indiana podcast is brought to you by Metro Indy Basketball Fall League. The 14th annual Fall League runs from Sundays, October 11th through November 1st. For more information and to register, visit MetroIndyBasketball.com. Also, Box Out Sports, the best sports graphics platform. Built for speed and control with your organization in mind. Try it now for free at BoxOutSports.com. Welcome to episode 53 of Courts at Indiana podcast. As always, I'm joined by Zach Tyler. Zach, how are you doing? Or how was your week? Doing well. Doing well. Week went well. Ready for sectional draw here this afternoon. Yeah, we're going to do something a little different. So we're recording this part and then the very our normal weekly features at 1245 on Sunday afternoon. We are going to do a session after the draw to talk about some of the, I don't know, more interesting draws uh, that come out of the pairing show later tonight we're going to start that at well we're going to start that at eight o'clock by the time you hear this we will have maybe tried to do it live so we'll see how that turns out if we get one person to come in and maybe want to ask a question uh, <laughs> that would be great i don't know what to expect but we're going to we will have thrown out a link and done about 30 to 35 minutes of live stuff or live reactions and uh, we're going to invite people in. So that's what you'll hear later. Hopefully, hopefully at least one person pops in and wants to ask us questions. Um, and if it's somebody we really know, maybe they can even chat it up a little bit. So, but we're going to do our regular bit right now. Zach's going to get us up, uh, up to date on recruiting. Then we're going to do the, you're, you're going to hear the sectional stuff. And then at the end, you're going to hear our best games, best teams, best player. But like I said, we're recording them at different times during the day. So Zach, get us up to date on recruiting. All right. So a few commitments this week, and then one we had I had missed a, a little ways back, but we'll still talk about that. Uh, and then a, a handful of offers as well this week. Yeah. Uh, Been a busy week. So, Considering we've had some slow weeks, this is this yeah, was a nice change of pace. Definitely. Uh, I'll start with the offers. Uh, Braden Saxton from up here at South Bend Adams. Kid I really like. He's got a couple uh, – Juco offers Lake Michigan and Glen Oaks. Uh, Lynn King got a Goshen College offer. He is a teammate of Braden Saxton at South Bend Adams. Goshen offer for Lynn King. Um, let's see, Andrew Bennett <clears throat> from Shenandoah got a Southwestern College offer. Caleb Edwards, also a Goshen offer. He's from Garing Catholic. We've been talking a lot about him lately on the shows. And then Let's see. Commitment-wise, we had Isaiah Stafford commit to USI along with Isaiah Swope. And then we had Bryson Graber commit to Grace from Bar-Reeve. Another commitment that we had missed previously was uh, Xavier Ponte from Victory Christian is going to Benedictine in uh, Illinois. And then we were going to talk about Jacob Kinsey also. Yeah, he had. we didn't have him for any offers. Uh, when I put out that five on five uh, with the three Shenandoah kids, but he had offers from Taylor Wabash and, and Rose Holman. So that was probably my fault. You do a better job of keeping track of that than I do, but I've just known his, I mean, I've known Jacob's dad for a long time and, and known the kids since he was a seventh grader. Um, you know, I see a lot of his dad's stuff come across Twitter just in general, not that he does a lot, but. So that was my fault for missing if those offers were tweeted out 
or pass through social media. Uh, I missed him as much as anybody. So Southern Indiana got themselves a nice little backcourt this week, didn't they? Yeah, seemed to have. <clears throat> you know, Stafford's a kid at for addicts, he plays both guard spots. He plays on the ball, he plays off the ball quite a bit. Uh, they have two or three other playmakers. It's two other playmakers for sure with their group where he can come off some action and, and get some shots. And he's got a really good mid-range game and, and as well as three, you know, as well as three-point range. Um, he And he's also not afraid to finish. It's just it'll be, you know, he's not the bulldog that Swope is, but that's not meant to be a detraction because Swope's a strong, strong, long athletic kid. And I mean, Swope's probably a little bit of a bigger version than the kid you like a lot at Chesterton Grayson. Um, okay. And, you know, so those two guys, that's, those are good pickups for Southern Indiana and Stafford's going to have the, like I said, he's going to have the range coach Hawkins uh, feels like he was a little under recruited. Um, and we had missed some of the, we had missed a couple of those out of state D two offers. Uh, but then when Southern right. Indiana came out and offered them, they, you know, offered those guys both within the last few days, right? Yeah. Lead, or leading up to their commitment. Right. I think it just became pretty obvious that those guys were, especially Swope was going to go there because that was Swope's first non-JUCO offer. And we've been talking about how Indiana D2s haven't been really recruiting the state very hard. Yeah, I mean, and in fairness, there's only two of them now. So, yeah. You know, that was – but you would also think that they would be – look, there's, they would be more proactive with some of these guys, a, a lot like some, what some of the NAI schools have been doing where they're offering kids during their – you know, the early part of their junior year. For sure. I think it's paying off for those teams. Now, when you're a D2 school, you probably have more likelihood of getting a D1 transfer. Right, right. So it's a different thing. and. And now those D2 schools are going to get hurt by this new rule, you know, the new NCAA rule, the transfer rule, where these guys get one transfer for free, basically, without having to sit out. That was always the attraction of going down to a D2 schools if you didn't want to sit. Right. Especially if you'd already transferred. But if you didn't want to sit, you could go to a D2 school. Usually it would be one that was closer to home. Uh, you know, and, and now they lose that distinction because a kid can transfer, you could go from IU to Purdue, not set out a year. So, so yeah, recruiting this year is going to be a complete cluster F. <laughs> uh, it's already starting to be. Yep, we mentioned a bunch of times. Yep, and um, we're throwing in COVID's lack of, ex creating a lack of exposure for a lot of kids. We're throwing in the NCAA transfer rule. Both of those things, the same, basically recruiting timeline for some of these guys. Some of these 2021s have probably been compelled to commit a little sooner than they maybe would liked. And, and a lot of these 2022 kids are just, I don't know, we're going to see what happens. So, yeah. and now you have the extended dead period. Yeah. Now they're, yeah, basically no, no evaluation period for Division I schools until at least late June. I, by then, we got to be back to normal or close. Cases are really dropping off the, face the earth it's, i mean it's, it's still dangerous for those who are getting it and who can get it right but covid cases at least in indiana are dropping pretty rapidly so 
you know, you can throw it into the vaccine as well as getting past the holiday surge. So that's kind of where we are right now. But anything else before we move into the before we start to talk about the sectionals? Um, oh, I forgot. Javon Small got an offer of East Carolina yesterday. Okay. And prep schools haven't it hasn't hasn't changed his recruiting at all, has it? I mean, he's got still, the, he still has the the Mac, the high Mac schools we talked about, yeah. yeah. But other than that, I mean, I would consider East Carolina probably a low major, wouldn't you? No, it's a it's a mid. It's a I mid, think it's okay. a mid. But that's that's a lot of what he's got. Now, you know, again, I'm anti prep school, but you know, but it's each individual decision. And I I don't mind a kid trying to take a chance on himself. Um, if, if he wants to, you, you don't you don't fault the kid for doing that. You just, you fault the process. Do, do these prep schools really offer much different in terms of recruitability, you know, recruitability um, and opportunity? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he is, um, he's a heck of a player. I, I wish he was in Indiana so we get a chance to watch him play more. So how has Franklin Central done without him this year? Uh, they got to a good start and they kind of plateaued a little bit. And it's been hit and miss since then. I mean, even a couple of their early season losses were you thought, well, they're doing this just because they're well coached. Mm-hmm. And they still have some talent, but they also had a kid move to Florida from last year to this year who at least would have been a contributor, another guard. Um, you know, so it's um, I always pronounce, I always screw up Benny's last name, but Benny Agon Yuen. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, my apologies to him, but you know, he was, he's having a very good year and he was really good at the beginning of the year. I I've not seen them since, uh, mid December. So I'm not fully sure, you know, how they feel like they've been playing. Just looking at the results, it's been kind of, you know, no big, no big swings, but, uh, I thought they looked pretty good this, this year. And, and when you're, when you're coached that way, um, you know, you're always going to have a chance. And that, that Center Grove, Franklin Central, Franklin sectional, a lot of times the team that's been favored has not even gotten to Saturday. Yeah. I think only a couple times has the actual favorite really pulled through. and But it just goes to show how evenly matched it is. But And right now I think people think Center Grove's coming out of there pretty easily, which Coach Hahn will tell you probably means it won't happen. So. <laughs> it definitely won't be easy. So anything else before we move on? I think that's it. All right, cool. Best games, best teams, and best players. Zach, what was the best game you saw this week? All right, so I was fortunate enough to get the three games this week. Uh, I did thir- Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Didn't do anything last night. Stayed home. A um, <clears throat> couple games that I thought were going to be good ended up being blowouts. <laughs> uh, the, the Michigan City Riley game was a blowout, and then Hodges played that game. Hodges did play that game. He's, he did okay, not start. So oh, really? Yep. And then I did know, or I do know that him and Bush then did not start against Maryville. Uh, was that Friday night? I think they played, and then ended up. I believe they lost that game to Maryville. So there's something going on. There's there. something going on. Yeah, I've been talking to a guy from over there too, and we. Are on the same page, I think, with that. There is something going on there. 
So a little bit interesting to see what happens here the last week of the season and then rolling in the sectionals <clears throat> with them. Uh, but best game for me, I mean, and then the other game I did see that was closer was was uh, poor officiating. So <laughs> it, I don't know. Well, what was man. the best game? Well, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll just stick with that game that was the closest one score-wise just because of that. And then uh, so that was the Victory Christian game versus Culver Academy. Okay. Uh, I got to see Cooper Farrell finally. It's been tough to see him this season because Culver is not admitting any fans to games. <clears throat> and I'm not a big streaming advocate. I think I've said on here a few times that I'm not a fan of judging talent by streaming. Yeah, for evaluating. Yeah, it, it, it's a challenge. Yeah. Right. You don't get a sense of intensity. You don't get a sense of size. If that, ma- I mean, if that matters, even a right, even a smaller kid, you want to know what his presence on the court is. Sure. And in, in this game, uh, Victor Christian was they won the game, uh, thirty-five to forty-two. Like I said, a little officiating, but most most of the game was kind of bad. Uh, but but other than that, it was a closer game. It was uh, intense most of the game, just because Culver wouldn't let Victory pull away. Uh, Cooper didn't have a great game. He finished with four points, had five or six rebounds, I think. Uh, but they were still able to keep it close with Victory Christian, who's got three tough seniors. Uh, Xavier Ponte, we talked about earlier. They right. have Flynn, Flynn Carlson. Uh, and then Lincoln Tomei. Oh, I'm sorry, Lincoln Tomei is a junior. Junior, I yeah. always forget that. Junior. They have, I mean, they have, He's a, they have a lot of yeah. weapons for basically what is a, a non ISSA school, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Tomei is going to be a really good player, and he is right now. So I, that, was, that was probably my, my best game. Uh, you know, my best game, I, you know, I'd sort of been making the rounds a little bit for – I didn't see Carmel play this week. I really didn't see – I did see Lawrence North, Floyd Central yesterday. Uh, my, I guess my best game of the week was last night, Greenwood versus Mount Vernon, mostly because of – I mean, Greenwood's comeback. I mean, they were down 10. I'm probably going to get this wrong, but they were down 10 with about – I don't know, four minutes to go and lost it all. I mean, they came back and won uh, and Mount Vernon completely imploded. Uh, some last lackadaisical play by, by their, by their perimeter players. They, I mean, Greenwood got hot at the right time. They had a couple of easy baskets off, off transit or off turnovers. And then, um, you know, then they, they hit, three or four threes during that stretch. And the, the comeback was complete on the final shot of the game, or not the final shot, but the final possession, Greenwood's final possession. Um, they hit a three with 3.6 seconds left, and that, that gave them the win. But, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where Greenwood kind of grinded it out. Then they it was a tight game for much much of the game. Although Mount Vernon led most of the game or almost all of it until the very end. And Mount Vernon's got, you know, two or three really good juniors. The the Gerard twins, uh, Ahmad and Armand, are, are both quality players. They're both going to be low D1, D2 candidates. They've, they've got uh, 
the, the galley kid who's who also plays well for them. And then they've they've got Eli Bridenthal, who's a sophomore that does a lot of nice things for them. And they've got a couple of good role players. But those are their four primary guys, at least offensively. And, you know, Greenwood has, um, you know, Ella Mikan, who was outstanding in the fall league that in October. And are, there are two guys that J.D. and and Caleb that helped report for that loved loved him. And he was really good the whole game. He was he was an anchor for them. And they didn't really have anybody else step up. They But they just kept grinding away, kept it close. They hit a bad stretch. Mount Vernon finally got away from it got away from a little bit, had a 10-point lead, and then it just all fell apart. And, you know, I, I, I got to think Coach Rhodes is kicking himself a little bit. Um, but uh, it, it was still a good game. It was competitive most of the way. Uh, and then Greenwood just freaking, freaking exploded. So um, they scored about 30% of their points in the, in the final three and a half minutes of the game. So uh, who was the best team that you saw this week? Uh, best team I saw was was South Bend Adams again. Yeah, <clears throat> they're just they're so good. They they work so well together as a team. I mean, they're. I feel like a broken record talking about these guys over and over again just because they're so good. And who I, I, who I has the who has the higher ceiling between? We talked earlier in the recruiting stuff about Saxton and and King. Who has the higher ceiling? Do you think of? Man. I, I feel like they're both they're both NAIA kids. Uh, maybe okay. Saxton, maybe Saxton a little more. I think he yeah. seems to be a little more versatile to me uh, with with his shooting, and then he can put the ball on the. They both can put the ball on the floor too. But I mean, I think Saxton just a little more versatile, a little more athletic. Uh, I like his game a lot. Not, not that I don't like Lynn King's game, but I think Saxton probably has a little more of a of a ceiling. Yeah, you've talked uh, about four of those guys pretty consistently on and off the air. So, yep, um, yep. Of course, I mean, anybody in all five sees them good. play. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And I know two of them are going to play football in college. So, so I mean, they're all athletes, clearly, but they're all basketball players at the same time. I would take any of them. I, yeah. I mean, like I've said before, if Warsham's not scoring, then Columbus is. If Columbus isn't, Jeffries is. If Saxon isn't, then King is. And it's just. It, all five can beat you or a couple of them can in one way. And then the others are going to rebound and they're all, all excellent defenders. Uh, they're just a well-oiled machine. And I think they're ready to make a push this year. That, that'll be one of those deals where I want them to get the semi-state just because I haven't seen them play yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then hopefully Carmel's there and I get a chance to see him play. So yep. uh, my best team of the week or team performance of the week was Ben Davis, especially in the second half against uh, Tinley. They were they're, they're clicking. Uh, they are they are clicking on all cylinders. I'm going to kind of pile in and say my uh, best player of the week was Jaden Brewer, uh, since it's the same game there. You know, with Brewer playing, Brewer is hitting shots. He he's gotten he's gotten better. His shots smoothing out. He's pretty effective catch and shoot from three. Off the dribble from three, you know, still is very much a work in progress. You can definitely, you can still go under ball screens on him. But he is, um, they got a couple of other kids in, in Sheridan Sharp and Clay Butler who handle the ball for them uh, when he's not initiating the offense. So that he he's good enough now shooting the ball where he can space the floor and, and be guarded. 
And if you've got to close out on him, then he's going to drive you. And he drives closeouts extremely well. And is probably one of the best finishers in the state. So him and Pierce Thomas. And Pierce is probably just a shade better because he's stronger. But um, him and Pierce are probably the two best finishers at the rim. And, and by that, I just mean the ability to dunk over people. Right. Pretty simple there. I'm sure there's some other candidates out there. I'm sure DJ Hughes would have a say in that. But, but um, yeah, he was really good. He had 29 against Henley. I had to leave about two minutes into the fourth quarter. But he was playing really well. Just a such a good defender when he's locked in. I think there'll be some times in college where he's he's out muscled a little bit. He's never going to be a kid that adds a ton of bulk, um, not without it impacting his body probably. But but he will. I mean, he will get stronger. But he's always going to be a plus defender, and in certain matchups, just able to lock down somebody. He's just so capable. He actually takes pride on that end of the floor. And with him now, Ben Davis is different. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think it's, I think them winning the sectional is is definitely consideration. I mean, certainly with him playing. And that still makes their regional, you know, still a big problem for them in the region, in the regional round. But, but you know, as we get a chance to look at a little deeper in our sectional preview podcast next week, um, you know, Ben Davis is going to have a say in it that they that they didn't that they probably weren't going to have before uh, before Brewer was uh, got his eligibility. So, uh, go ahead with your best player, and then uh, I want to, my best player. Yeah, go ahead. That's how. Then I'll close out on what the shout out I was going to give. Oh yeah, yeah. So my best player was uh, Wednesday night's game. <clears throat> Michigan City came over and played South Bend Riley. Uh, Blake Wesley had 46 in that game. Yeah. Uh, just took over, complete control of that one for him. Um, did it rebounding as well, had nine rebounds, uh, got his teammates involved. He was knocking down shots, running in transition, which he's excellent at, and locking guys down on defense. Michigan City has trouble with length. Michigan City is a smaller team, so length is going to give them fits, and so is – so are zones. Uh, Riley doesn't play a zone, but they play Mishawaka Marion this week. So I'm not sure if that game will be any good. We'll see. But, but yeah, Blake Wesley was definitely my player of the week or performance or of the week. Best, yeah, best performance. Best performance, yeah. I want to I want to add Charlie Brooks to the mix here, the senior guard from Greenwood. As Greenwood's making this run. He's this kid started against Plainfield and didn't start against Mount Vernon, but he came in and hit three threes. And I, I think the final minute of the game and just, he got hot right at the right moment. I mean, he's a kid that he had a good game against Plainfield. I kind of liked him. He's, he's, he's got a little quickness to him. Um, he looks smaller than five eleven. That's what he was listed at. I don't know if that's true or not, but. But he was he was fabulous in the closing the closing minutes of the game. He was um, and his the the three to win it. It was basically from about I don't know twenty eight feet. He was dribbling backwards, not backwards, but he was dribbling <laughs> away from the rim and planted and went up and it went in. And it was a contested shot. It wasn't it wasn't a gimme. Um, 
it went in with 3.6 seconds left. And, and like I said earlier, Greenwood won the game. So what games this week are you looking forward to or that you're going All right, to let me you see. Know, a couple of, you know, one or two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I just like throwing a bunch of games out, just letting them hit the fans, see what happens. Right. Yeah. So, so Tuesday night, I feel like uh black Hawk at Leo will be a pretty big game. Yeah. I'd be good. That'll be a good one in Fort Wayne area. Then over here, we uh, closer to me, Hammond is at Andrean. Uh, Wednesday night, looking at Gary Westside at Andrean then as well. Uh, you and I kind of talked about Marion at Marquette on Thursday, Michigan City Marquette. Right. Host Marion. That'll be a good one on Thursday. And then Friday night, was <clears throat> a bigger night over here as well, or up here. Hammond at Valpo, Chesterton at Gary Westside, and McCutcheon comes up to uh, Lake Central. Yeah, my game of the week, there aren't a lot of great games this week to choose from, but the one that definitely is is Carmel at Attics on Tuesday. And I know last year when they when they signed up their contract for the to play each other at Carmel, I was excited to hear that Carmel would be definitely making the return trip to Attics this year. Hopefully they play every year, especially as long as Chris Hawkins has that thing going and it's you know it's a it's a fun gym i mean from a functionality standpoint it's just a pretty basic gym it's bleachers from four walls and the upstairs is a weight room right now and of course with covid not all the bleachers are pulled out but but just the names the names on the banners on the wall uh you know oscar roberts and haley um haley bryant um uh, probably some other names that i need to know that i'm spacing right now but there's just a lot of good history in that building. The, uh, the attics museum is, is a nice, is a nice touch. Um, although I haven't been in it. Let's see. When did I go through it? Um, it's probably been three years. So I don't know if it's, if it's changed much since then, but if, you know, if you're going to be at that game or you ever get a chance to go to attics, um, you, you need to check that out. You know, it's it's just a good it's a good um, it's a good old school gym, and it's um, the amount of talent that's been through that building, especially in the '50s and '60s, um, is some of the best players to ever play the game in Indiana. So Carmel playing down there is great from a game from a game standpoint. Both are top ten teams. Addicts may slip a little bit in the rankings uh, with losing the Blackhawk yesterday, but. I mean, it doesn't change the, the caliber of team they are. They're going to they're gonna bring, you know, they're going to try and throw a lot of quickness at Carmel. Last year, Carmel took advantage of that, turned their defense into their offense, and jumped them early. And I kind of kept waiting for Addicts to maybe, you know, chip away at it, but it never happened. Um, Addicts has more, I think they have more talent this year. They're more balanced. Cert- they're certainly more balanced. Um and I'm looking forward to it. So be a fun game. I'm, I'm glad Carmel's going down there and, and just the game itself is going to be really, really good. So um, get our sponsor reads ready to roll. Yeah, Go for it. Yeah. Box out, box out sports is leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season or what's left of this season. Uh, sign up for a free demo, boxoutsports.com. Like I've said before, that can be baseball, softball, also rolling into those two seasons coming up. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, again, you do great work with that for, for us. And, and um, I don't know, it's been, it's been neat. I've seen more and more coaches using it. And like I said, back to Chris Hawkins, he's, he's been the, the number one proponent. He's also the athletics director at Attic. So he's not just there doing it go. for basketball. He does it for his right. whole program. So, of course, that Indiana podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You could subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone tablet or desktop if you get a chance please give us a rating and review would appreciate a five-star rating and definitely would appreciate a review and any feedback so zach unless you've got any hot takes we are sparing you this week no hot takes this week next week you got anything anything you want to get off no okay (laughs) um next week we are going to essentially have two podcasts we are going to do a 1A and 2A preview for sectionals and then a 3A and 4A preview. They probably will both be about an hour long, maybe 90 minutes. We'll see. Um, and then that'll get us ready for sectionals. So, And then each week, we know for sure, regionals, semi-state, and state, we will have an extra podcast on Thursday uh, that we'll publish on Friday previewing the regionals, semi-state, and state. We may do one leading into the regional semifinals. We're not sure on that. So, But again, for those that listen every week, we appreciate it, or listen any week, we appreciate it. And Zach, as always, good job. Yeah.